Old blind hog found an acorn. <laughs> Boat's not 23 foot long. It's 24 foot long. You got yourself an extra foot. <laughs> Man, I haven't watched that movie in 15 years now, I don't think. Well, yeah. I watched it a couple times on v- VHS, but I haven't watched it probably for 10 years. Yeah. And I still remember so many lines from it. Mm-hmm. I think you have the uh, film festival tape in your possession. I think I do, too. Which is slightly uh, although, different than the uh, production released one. I think so. I think you're right. Just slightly. I think I think I bought it on DVD for my dad at one point. Oh, did you really? I okay. Can't re- I can't remember <laughs> if I did or not. I... I feel like I did, but I don't know if he would ever even have watched it. Yeah. He'd probably think it. Maybe I didn't, because he would think it's crazy. I. <laughs> it's such I a great think, movie, though. It, it. Oh, it is. It's just a little too. It's a little too weird in places for oh, the average person. Yeah. Well, well, with uh, uh yeah, with Ace Barker's uh, transvestite girlfriend, I guess it might be a yeah, little, a little risque. Well, it's just, you know, you just don't know. And I haven't transferred it to DVD. I thought at one point maybe I transferred it to DVD, but I probably didn't because I thought, oh, I'll just buy the DVD. Yeah. And I've never done that. I need to do that. Ah, okay. Interessante, man. Well, when you, you know, it's funny, man, when you say... You know, the stuff about the girlfriend who who seems like it is pro- it has to be a transvestite or transgendered person. Right. And, uh, you know, like uh, I'm still not 100 percent sure that in Napoleon Dynamite, his brother's girlfriend, whatever her name was, Lawanda, maybe uh, LaFonda. She, L- LaFonda. I thought that was a transgendered person from from the get go. Oh, and. I've looked her up on Wikipedia, and I think she's been in other things. Or I found some stuff out about her, but of course they refer to her as a her, which doesn't give you, you know. I never found anything that said this is a transgendered person. Right. Um, but I just the whole time I was just like, is that a transgendered person playing <laughs> his girlfriend? Because that mm. that's great if it is. That's fantastic. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. She, <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, she may just be an, a manly-looking woman. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, just you know, larger than the average woman height-wise, and you know, her voice was. Ooh. Did she talk very much in that? A little bit, but not much. Yeah, that, but I, yeah. It's not like it was a a deep voice or anything to where they were trying to obviously no. make you think that it was a, uh, you know, either a transvestite or a transgendered person. Of course, I guess transvestite's not really a very uh, PC name anymore. I guess you would just say uh, either transgender or cross-dresser or something along those lines. Yeah, I don't know what the correct terminology is for someone who just dresses as the other gender. Yeah. It doesn't come up that much anymore. Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you the Saxon Pub, Nelly, Drew Brees, 
Sarah Hickman, Barbara Jordan, The Continental Club, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey man, what's going on? Good evening, Lodger. How are you? Feels like we haven't talked. Good. Feels like we haven't talked for ages and ages and ages. Yeah. Because we haven't. It's it's, kind of true. We were uh, scheduled to uh, record uh, a new episode a few days ago, but uh, I was away on a little trip, and so we uh, postponed it by a few days. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, um, we, yeah, because we are recording on a Monday, the day before the 2016 election. That is correct. It's, we, we usually record on Thursday nights, and so now we've it's been about eleven days since we recorded an episode. But hopefully, you'll see these posted in a pretty familiar manner. Mark Browner does all the technical work on this show, guys. I just show up and talk, and <laughs> he does an amazing job of putting together episodes, getting them ready to to be uploaded online, and keeping all that together. I don't do I don't lift a finger to do that stuff, and so. Um, uh, the show wouldn't be on the air if it wasn't for Mark Browner because I don't have the slightest idea how to do all the technical things he does. So, well, that, that thank you, by the way. Thank you for all you do. Well, you're welcome, but be that as it <laughs> may be, um, even though you don't lift a finger, you definitely lift a tongue. And when you lift that tongue, <laughs> you have a lot of good things to say, and it makes the show all the more better. Hey, I Aww. you know to be perfectly thanks, honest, man. I couldn't do it without you either. Ah, oh, thanks. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's not the first time I've been um, complimented on my tongue work. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh, thanks, uh, man. Yeah, I I set them <laughs> up and you knock them down. There you go. <laughs> Best straight man in the business, Mark Browner, right there. Uh, uh, you're welcome. Well, it, you're welcome, Costello. <laughs> <laughs> Oi! Um, well, it, it's good to 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 be with you again. And um, uh, as we were just saying, we're, we're recording this the day before the elections. By the time we post it online, the elections will be over. If it doesn't get posted, it's because somebody won and they ruled against free speech immediately when they took up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All all form oh all God. forms of media were shut down after the election, so right. you, you you may never hear this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes. it could happen. It could sure. happen. The, the, we'll just have to see. Right, the oh, first man. The, the first amendment was suspended. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. There's no chance of it getting unsuspended because now we have a ruler for life. Mm, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Well, let's it's just not, we'll it, hope for the it's best. Not, it's not so much Trump. It's that when he when Trump dies and Donald Jr. takes over that I'm more worried about. <laughs> right. <laughs> you mean you mean when we mean when uh, Uday and Kusay take over? Uday and Kusay? Yeah, that was uh uh, uh Hussein, S- Saddam Hussein's two sons. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think oh, uh, I think you... I, I think Bill Maher was the first one to use that joke, calling Trump's sons Uday and Kuse. 
<laughs> props to Bill Money. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So what? So this weekend uh, on Thursday night, I guess you took off work on Friday, huh? Yeah. Does, actually, does work I, know you took off on Friday? <laughs> yes, <laughs> did they did. Sick? Matter of fact, I uh, <laughs> no, I took Thursday off. Thursday and Friday off, and I have uh, at least on paper I have this uh, whole week off as well. So I've got oh wow cool yeah I've been with this company for twelve years, so I got a lot of vacation days to burn between now and uh, the end of the year. Yeah, it's use it or lose it. So I'm gonna use oh, it. Oh man, that that at least my work doesn't do it that way. I don't get as many vacation days as quickly as you do. I don't think, but with uh, mine, it's you can reach a max of accumulation, and then it's it's you don't accumulate anymore unless you use some and then you'll start accumulating again. You know right. what I mean? You can kind of top out. Right. Um, but it doesn't go by calendar year. It just goes by you accumulate as you work. And then if you top out, then you can take a few days off and start accumulating again. But I don't ever get close to topping out. <laughs> OK, well, well um, fucking days off, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a question: Do you get if you still have some left over at the end of the year? Do you get to carry it over? Oh yeah, it doesn't go by calendar year. It just goes by what you've accumulated as you progress, as you go day by day. Oh, okay, cool. Or or month by month or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not so bad. I mean, it used to be they. It used to be the company I worked for, which which has some real old school rules. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be you couldn't. You just accumulated and accumulated, and you could never top out. And so uh, people would accumulate. People who'd worked there for years would have like four weeks of vacation, would mm-hmm. just keep accumulating that and stockpiling it, and then and then retire two years early. Holy cow. Because no. they had two years of vacation pay saved up. Whoa. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that, that would be yeah. nice. God, I can't imagine somebody going that long without actually taking their vacation time. It's nuts, well, but I'm- yeah. When I first started working there and there were a lot of older people, no, I shouldn't say older, but people who had been there a long time working there, um, they would, uh, they would, you know, they would be getting four or five weeks of vacation per year. So even if you took two weeks off a year, you'd still have two or three weeks that you'd accumulated and you work 20, 30 years doing that and you can build up some, well, some yeah. time. Well, that's so, true. Okay. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily them not that they didn't take time off. It's just, they didn't take all the time off that that was, right. was accrued to them. And then, okay. Anyway, yeah, it's like use, those days are over. American sure. companies don't do shit like that anymore. <laughs> no, no. Forget about that. All right. Wow. So, um, <laughs> okay. Wow. We, so yeah, what'd you do? We, we went off on a little uh, vacation discussion, uh, <laughs> but but it all leads back into, yes, the, the time that I took off over this past weekend, I went to the annual family fishing extravaganza, as we call it, and it's me <laughs> and 20 of my other male relatives. It's usually uncles, my brother, cousins of mine. Yeah, that about covers it. And maybe a couple of other, you know, friends of the family that show up as well. And we go to Sea uh, Drift, Texas, which is just south of Port Lavaca and just north of uh, Port Aransas, east of Victoria. And so, yeah, we go down there. My uncle has a, a bay house there and a long dock that goes out into what's called San Antonio Bay, a long dock and a tea head and we have four boats available to us so we get 
you know, five people on each boat go out and we fish in the bay there, you know, several bays all along the Texas coast there. And it's kind of a tournament, a friendly tournament, where we try to see which boat or which individual can catch the most fish or the largest fish or the, the largest number of fish. And uh, so it's it's a good time. And uh, the alcohol is flowing freely and uh, people are having fun the entire trip. <laughs> and <laughs> there's even domino playing in the evenings and lots of eating of barbecue and fish if we catch any. And uh, so I had a good year. Um, I actually caught some nice fish. Uh, I caught on Friday, I caught a 21-inch redfish, if anybody knows what the redfish is out there. And uh, so that was good. And then on Saturday, I caught a 26-inch redfish that took at least 10 minutes to land onto the bank. It was a fighter. Yeah, it was very exciting. Probably one of the most exciting days I've had in recent memory going on to that family fishing trip. So it was a good time and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of bullshitting and like I said, drinking and eating. And I, I got there Thursday night and stayed until Sunday early afternoon. So it was it was a good long trip and it lasted as long as it needed to last. And I was glad to uh, get home when it was over. You know, you get tired and dirty and uh, yeah, you just yeah. want to be home sometimes. Exactly, it's especially when you're staying. Do you, you? I'm assuming you stay at a relative's house. Uh, we stay at the Bay House. You don't See, do a hotel. No, it's 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 in the Bay House that we all stay because he. What it was, he took a, a trailer home. And then add it on to it. Uh, so there's like ah, a... There's, okay. Right, there's a living room and a kitchen and two regular bedrooms that were originally part of this structure. But then he added another section to it that was the bunkhouse that has like um, maybe eight uh, bunk beds in it. And so eight people can sleep oh, wow. in that one room. Yeah, and then... Some people also bring travel trailers and and tents and things like that and stay in those as well, you know, in case there's not enough room in the in the, the, the bay house. So everybody was taken care of and everybody seemed to be comfortable. Is it, is it I, I missed part of what you were saying. I know you, it, okay. is it all guys? Yes, it's all guys. It, it, it's all the guys in your family that get together for this thing. Right. Because all the girls and the, all the females in your family, they also do a trip at least once a year that they call the Queen Bee Trip, I believe. No, the qu- the Queen Sisters. Yeah, close. Queen Sisters. That's right. right. The Queen, Queen Sisters. Sisters trip. Right. Yeah. And they do so, a di- they do a different oh, this- they do a different place every year. The Queen Sisters do. We do this. We do the same place every year. So they have a little more variety. Gotcha. Right. But it's kind of cool because I don't come like there's a lot. There's a big family on my dad's side, but they're all up north where I grew up. It's just my mom and dad and then my sister and all her kids and grandkids. And um, to get two of us together on the same weekend is near impossible. (laughs) Right. It's just we, you know, I, I don't know how you guys do that every year because we I can't get four people in my family in the same car. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> let alone okay. on a weekend somewhere or something. So, so well, you have to understand that uh, this is mainly like my uh, relatives or my mom's side of the family, and my mom happens to have five brothers. So that <laughs> right there, it already makes it so it's a big. Yeah, it's going to be a large number of families because all of her brothers have kids, obviously, and uh, and some of their 
kids have already had kids as well, so we had at least three generations of people there. I'm sure if everybody who was invited to come showed up, there would have been 40 people there. But uh, as wow. it was, there's only, you know, 20 of us. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it been more like 30 if everybody showed up, but, you know. That's still a lot of people, man. Wow. Right. And even if only, cool. you know, 15 or 10 people showed up, I mean, it was still, you could still have, you know, a, a decent time as well, so. Right, right. A lot of people, yeah, because right. that's that's a lot of people to to have, to do with something year yeah. by year every year. That's really cool because that you know, I, like I say, I mean, I, I I don't know exactly how many people I'm out of my sister and her husband, and then they have four kids and their four kids. I mean, there's probably fifteen of us, maybe if you count yeah. spouses and kids and everything, and and uh, right. You know, we you know. do get, you know, like we, we, we do have a meal together at Thanksgiving, uh -huh. but that's about the only time all of us are ever together in one place. Um, yeah. and it's not every year that everybody gets to go to that. So, oh, I know. And it's I, just kind of cool. I just think it's really cool what your family does. Right. I mean, I guess when I was younger, I probably took it for granted things like this happening but I, you know as i've gotten older i've realized that you know not all families necessarily get together in big groups uh, on a regular basis so i you know i guess on that level i really should consider myself lucky um and and i really don't take it for granted anymore that's for sure that's cool yeah yeah, yeah you you shouldn't because uh you never know when things like that it, it's really easy for things like that to all of a sudden just kind of fall by the wayside i think and um yeah, you know, it's just like when I was a kid. On my dad has seven. I think he has seven brothers or and sisters, or he's one of seven. Oh I can't my. remember. Okay. And um, like every year at at, um, at Christmas and Thanksgiving, his parents would throw a a, a potluck, mm -hmm. um, and we would all get together and with cousins and everything. You know, there'd usually be thirty or forty of us. Yeah. And as you know, as soon as his well, even before his parents died. That just kind of started falling to the wayside. We yeah. we moved to Texas, and other family members moved other places at different times. And it's just one of those things that when I got a little older and we moved, we didn't get it every year, and and you miss that. Yeah, no, I understand a bit. Plus, the same side of the family, you know, has an annual family reunion as well, and uh, it's yeah, it's crazy the the number of events that. Uh, this side of the uh, of the family actually puts together on an annual basis. It's amazing how <laughs> that side, all of that side. I mean, granted, the Browner side of the family has family reunion maybe every couple of years, but just not as tight knit as the, the my mother's side of the family. It's uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting that how certain families do certain things because like on my mom's side of the family, she was an only child and so on her side of the family, we went to a couple reunions at times mm -hmm. because her mom and dad had brothers and sisters and we all lived in the same area of, in Iowa. But um but we only went to a only a couple times did were did we go to one where there were a few quite a few people and mm. I don't think they had them every year they would just have them every once in a while and you know for me as a kid it was kind of interesting growing up with one parent who was an only 
child and the other parent had seven brothers and sisters because you kind of got best of both worlds. You had one side was a huge family where, you know, we would get together on holidays, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas. And and it was, a it, you know, we'd play volleyball and we'd play games and hang out with cousins. And that was sure. a lot of fun when I was a kid. And then I had yeah. a had another set of grandparents where me and my sister were the only grandkids and so we got kind of spoiled by them because they didn't have any other grandkids well, and nice. um mm -hmm. you know so it was kind of the, the kind of the best of both worlds yeah it was really cool i enjoyed right. both sides of that you know all right that's so, cool hey that reminds me speaking of reunions yeah you know you talking about family reunion well i was talking about family reunions made me think about we used to do kind of reunions or get-togethers out at 7A Ranch in Wimberley when John Christensen was alive and a little bit afterwards as well, which right. I actually never went while he was alive. I know you went out there a few times. Yeah. And they used to go on – John and his circle of friends would go on like July 4th and um, New Year's Eve. Right. Um, but it, it made me think about the 7A Ranch, and we should totally do a shout-out to them because, you know, we had that huge flood out in Wimberley a f several months ago, I guess maybe a year ago, um, yeah. that really did a lot of damage. 7A Ranch seems to be back up and running and and um, really doing well. So, But, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, 7A Ranch did have the, the big flood, uh, was it a year ago or is it – year and a half ago they sustained a lot of devastation but uh the the current owners i guess have kind of uh refurbished everything and built new cabins and stuff i don't know the 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 full scope of what they've done so like i don't know how long ago it was because i i can't remember i think that flood was on a holiday last year like memorial day but there was a huge flood in wimberley that wiped out a lot of houses and and um and also a lot of buildings at 7A Ranch, which is, you know, uh, a place that we have loved to go for many years. And um, right, I think uh, uh, apparently a lot of the cabins right along the uh, the, the river, uh, yeah, got washed away or damaged. Washed away. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. And um, so the, I know they have like the pool, which was really pretty high. It's kind of on a hillside and the pool was pretty high on the hillside and that got ruined. Yeah. I know they've redone the pool. They have redone several buildings there um, mm -hmm. and they're they're back up and running. And um, uh, so I just wanted to give them a shout out because we have spent many uh, wonderful hours at 7A Ranch in Wimberley. And I, we really need to get together with a bunch of our friends and John's friends and do it again sometime soon um, because it's a really cool place to hang out. And, and, um, and I miss doing that. So, yeah. So I one mean, day we've got to do it again. That, but I'm yeah. real happy that 7A has got has gotten everything back together and are up and running again and and seem to be doing better than ever. I know I think they're under new management or have new owners or something, but yeah. um uh, we we haven't really talked about that and and uh, they've uh, mm -hmm. uh even I think they're on Twitter and Facebook. They've posted some pictures and um, it just looks like uh, everything is, is kind of getting back to normal there. And that's a great thing. So I'm happy for them. So shout out to seven a. Yeah. The, uh, the new owners, I guess have been, have owned it for, uh, you know, close to five years now or something. Uh, maybe not that long, but uh, yeah, it's good to see that it's in tech savvy ownership so that, you know, it's, it's easy to yeah. find out information about them and maybe even to make reservations online as well. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what it looks like now that they've, you know, got it back up to uh, 
uh, habitable standards, and uh, hopefully they've even uh, maybe done some repairs to uh, uh, the Pioneer Town section of it as well. That would be nice. I think they have. I noticed on um, on uh, you can you can find them on Facebook, and I I noticed on Facebook I think it was this past weekend they were talking about how some of the places in Pioneer Town were open on Saturday and Sunday, um, like the uh, they used to have like a gift shop there and a newspaper office and some different things, and I think some of those are yeah. open back up again at times. So that's kind of cool. Good. Um, it's it's certainly a fun little place to visit and and uh, and and right. spend some time on the river. Yeah, they've so, got. Uh, so like, I wanted to give them a shout out. Right, it's like the 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 gift shop. I think it was called the Emporium, and then they used to have like an arcade where there was a lot of video games and pinball machines. And next to that, right. next to that was like an ice cream shop, which was I guess kind of attached to the arcade. Maybe that's still open. Who knows? I guess yeah, we'll find yeah. out. Yeah, and of course, the Bottle House too was always a cool thing there. So yeah, we need to go yeah. out there sometime and just. Even if we went out on a, a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and just kind of saw how things looked, it would be cool to hey. do. So w- we should do that sometime. Right. Sounds like a good Plus road weekend. trip for the uh, weekend. Right. For a day. Right. Cool. Right. Hey, I, wa- I wanted to do another shout out, too. Okay. Um, you know, you know, we've talked several times on the show about um, uh, our, our friend Kevin and his band is called. Um, Literature. Oh, went out of. Thank you. It just went <laughs> out of my head. Um, it happens. Band, he's because he's uh, he's so he's they've posted online a couple times. Apparently, the the uh, TV show on Showtime called Shameless, which I've always wanted to watch, um, yes. has been has been using a couple of their songs on the on the show. So um, uh, I, I thought that was really cool. I got to start watching the credits because we pretty much watch that every you know every episode. Uh, as they come out, so uh, I'm sure oh, I've heard. Cool. I'm, I'm sure I've heard it. I just probably didn't snap too, so um, might have to go back and look at uh, yeah. the la- last episode I watched and see if the see what's in the credits. Yeah, I think the last two episodes, or maybe the last episode, and then two prior to that, or something. But definitely on a couple episodes this season, they've used some of literature songs, hmm. and uh, and I'm sure it's just background. At, at times, but that's still just damn cool. I'm, I'm really like excited for Kevin that things are happening for literature. Um, and right. and as we said earlier, they're working on another album that should be out soon. And I think Kevin is on the road with uh, uh, his other band, Mercury Girls, uh, a lot right now too. So he just has a lot of shit going on. <laughs> he keeps up with all the stuff he does. Wow. But um, it's it's kind of fun to to see him post the that their songs are getting used on shows and and because i think earlier this year they were used they were used on one of their songs was used on another show on the cw and i can't remember what show that was now but wow that's so cool yeah maybe we'll get i try to post it on the our facebook page whenever i get anything from kevin that talks about that so um if you do a slippery slope on facebook you can follow us and and see lots of different updates on things that we talk about on the show there yeah. if we talk about a video or different things i try and uh and mark too tries to post something on facebook so you yeah. can reference what we're talking about so right but you you've been doing a lot of that lately and so kudos to you for uh keeping up with the facebook page and and you know tying it all together into a nice pretty bow along with the show so i i yeah hats off to you man well thanks man that's that is what i try to do since you do so much of the technical stuff i try to make the facebook page interesting and and 
when I when you post an episode and I listen to it, um, then I'm constantly hearing stuff we talk about, and I'm like, oh, go find that, like, go find this, go find that on, you know, it was just like we talked about the TV show we both like, and we're going to talk about it some more this episode. Uh, this is us, and um, right. I, I was able to go online and find the the segment from the show where the uh, the character Kevin is showing his two nieces a painting that he did and talking about uh, life and, and seeing life and families in the painting and just a really magical moment in that show. And I was, they actually had it on YouTube where you could see that five minutes of the show and it's, Aww. and so to find that and then post it on uh, our, our Facebook page was really cool. Cause I was like, this is what we're talking about with this show. This show is so awesome. So mm-hmm. Well, it def- definitely helps uh, our, our listeners who didn't necessarily uh, see the episode uh, know exactly what we were talking about. So, yeah, it, it helps a lot. Yeah, it's fun to do, too. Fun for me to do, too, to find some things and, and share them with everybody. Right. Um, and now, what's the opposite of a shout-out, man? Uh, um, <laughs> a shout-in? <laughs> a, a whisper-in? A shit-on? I'm just... A shit on. Oh, that's perfect for what I got in mind right here. <laughs> okay. Because, because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Mel Gibson is back in the director's chair, and I wish that motherfucker would just dry up and blow away. <laughs> oh what wow! Okay. Worthless piece of shit. He has wow. two movies coming out. One of them is The Passion of the Christ Two, the oh, sequel. I didn't know about that. Okay. Oh yeah, it, it's just, just you know. Uh, and uh, I mean, the first one is so so horrible. Uh, it's like torture porn. I, I don't know who gets right. off to that, but whatever. Torture yeah. porn for Christians. Right. And um, and then he has another new movie out called Hacksaw Ridge, which I think is a is it a World War Two movie? It's a war movie of some kind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a World war-, war. Yeah, I think it's a World War Two movie uh, about a yeah. con- conscientious objector. Who becomes a medic and and in the process becomes some sort of a hero during World War II? I think it's based on a true story, but anyway, what do you know it just, about I, it? I re- all I know is that I'm boycotting it. I won't go see it because it's Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay. And, but right. I did read I did read something online where somebody said it's very very violent, and I'm like, well, surprise surprise, here's a guy that showed two hours of violence uh, against uh, Jesus Christ and considered that uh, a, a, a movie. Right. So why would you expect anything less from this hack? Yeah, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't think I ever. I, I don't think I ever saw the uh, his first uh, Passion of the Christ. So I, yeah, for some reason or another, I was like, eh, yeah, I think I already know the story. <laughs> I, I I rented it because uh, you know back in the day when I was doing File Thirteen, I rented it to watch it uh, to review it and. I watched it's a two hour movie. I watched it in about 20 minutes because I just oh. fast forwarded through all the torture yeah. and there's no story. It's just Jesus climbing the hill, carrying the cross uh-huh. and them beating the shit out of him and whipping him with, you know, barbs and shit. It's just it's just disgusting torture porn. If I wanted to watch right. that, I would watch Saw or one of those movies. Wow. It, it, Is that it bad? Was, it, Oh, it's it's horrible. I don't even, you know, and of course it's in Aramaic with subtitles, whatever. Oh, that's and right. It's just, you know, I, I just think if you, you know, and I was reading some stuff online where people were talking about how great it was and how great it was there was going to be a second one. And uh-huh. I was just like, if you like that movie, I mean, it, it's really for like, I don't know, I guess, you know, 
those I don't know. I don't even want to say what kind of Christian would want to watch that. Uh, yeah, it makes me ill. Yeah, it, I, it, it I makes don't me know. Ill. Yeah, but okay. anyway, I, we all know that uh, Mel Gibson is an anti-Semitic, homophobe, racist, and I can't believe the man has been able to get a job directing movies again, and I wish he would just disappear because uh, – uh, and I hope both of these movies fail miserably because uh, you know he does not deserve to have a career, that's for sure. Wow, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Ah, All right. We should have. We should call that segment. Why you got a shit on everything? A slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have one of those segments at every show where we just shit on something. Right. Um, no, not really. But but uh, I, I I noticed that this week I, when I was online and I wanted to mention it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. Because while you were out doing things on Halloween, you went out on Halloween and had a good time. Yes. And I stayed home like a like a I was just I was just so tired lately. Right. I, uh, so on on Halloween, I just wasn't feeling it. So I just kind of hung out at the house. Right. And then um, you were invited uh, to the I, party that we went to, though. You know that. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, okay. I felt bad that I was invited to a couple parties and I didn't go to any of them and I felt oh. really bad about it. And um, uh, but I just I just couldn't bring myself to get out of the house this this past weekend. And I was off work. I took Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Speaking of vacation days again, mm. I took Monday. So I was off four days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, two. No, actually, I worked half day Saturday, but okay. uh, I had three and a half days off and I did nothing but sit. At, I went out and checked out a couple of restaurants, uh, but mainly I sat at the house and watched TV and movies and stuff. OK, so. Um, while you were out doing having a life, uh, I was watching some of my uh, Criterion Collection DVDs. Oh, you were doing research for the show. Put it that way. Yeah, I was doing show research. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, so it was kind of. Um, so I'll just go real quickly through the three things I've watched recently. I watched a, a movie by Jim Jarmusch called Mystery Train, oh, um, which yeah. I had never seen before. Have you seen that? I love that movie. Oh my goodness! It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, it's just wow. It's like it's it's like several uh, vignettes of different people uh, doing things. Right, in, in set around. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's just Mem- Memphis. Oh, it is. It's okay. just in Memphis. Yeah, right, right. it starts with the two Japanese teenagers who come to visit Memphis. Yeah, um, uh, uh, want to go to Graceland and Sun Studios, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's a scene with two women who share a hotel room. Uh, every every one of these stories kind of takes place in one of the hotel rooms in one of this rundown uh, Memphis hotels. And there's right. one where there's two women and they get together kind of through some incidents and and then um, they one of them sees the ghost of Elvis. Um, and then there's one with Joe Strummer from The Clash and yes. Steve Buscemi when Steve Buscemi when he's like, I don't know, maybe 25. And um, and who's the third guy uh, some uh, it's an african-american guy i can't remember but they mm-hmm. get drunk they rob a, they accidentally kind of rob a liquor store mm-hmm. and uh it's it's um it's interesting i i you know i love jim jarmusch but i don't necessarily his it's really funny because his movies other, there's a couple of them broken flowers with with bill murray is really great okay i've um, never seen that but 
Oh, that's to me, that's his best movie. Oh, um, OK. But but, um, you know, I've seen the early ones down by law and I can't remember what the other one is off the top of my head right the second. And um, um, now I've seen Mystery Train and Night on Earth. Oh, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai is also oh, one of yeah. his best ones. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. one With uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a real. It's been a long time since I watched that one too. I have that. I need to watch it again. Right. But, I, you know, Mystery, Mystery Train isn't a, a movie that I'm just like, oh, this is the greatest movie ever, and I love it. It's just one of those movies that it's like, you know what? I like this movie. Well, <laughs> you know, it has a, isn't. Uh huh. It has such a feel and a mood to it, and the lighting is uh, yeah. amazing. It's just uh, yeah. It's there are mood pieces. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because I think that's what what you get with with Ghost Dog and with Broken Flowers is you get that same Jarmish mood mm -hmm. with really good stories, really good characters where right. it all comes together perfectly. With Mystery Train, you get really good characters and you get a really good mood, but the stories yeah. are, are not that particularly I, I you know you really like the japanese teenagers that come right uh, visit memphis they're really cool i would and yeah. i went into it without reading about it it'd been a long time since i had heard anything about it so at first i was really excited because i thought that was going to be the whole movie but it's just one mm -hmm. segment and it ends yeah it, it's way too short you wish that was the whole movie but then you get Bushimi, it could have been you know <laughs> it could have been a whole movie absolutely yeah and it's really in one of the thing that's real I, the other thing that i really noticed was it's set in Memphis, of course, it was filmed around 1989, back in the day when Memphis was kind of a dirty, seedy city. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of cities like that in America anymore. Hmm. Mm -hmm. When they clean, cleaned up Times Square, oh. it seemed, you know, I mean, it's it's right. just like so many places, even Austin, you know, East Austin used to have some pretty dirty, seedy uh, yeah. areas, you know. Yeah, it's got and, cleaned uh, up, I mean, right. It's got cleaned up, although, you know, 6th Street is still kind of dirty and seedy, but mm. it's now it's I don't know. It's not the same feel that that cities in America used to have. Okay. And well, uh, what about Detroit? Well, that's interesting because because we were just talking before the show uh, that the last episode of Abandon, that show that we like on Viceland, goes to Detroit on their last episode and you haven't seen it yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that in a future episode. But okay. it's it's really uh, you're right. Detroit does have that feel, and and this whole episode is about people who are trying real Detroit people who are trying to uh, make the city great again and and oh. overcome the that. So, but in a positive way, not in a gent. Well, I mean, there's there's a little bit about gentrification in there too. So it's oh, yeah. a really interesting episode. But um. Isn't yeah, it? it would be a really good companion piece for Mystery Train. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. Do they talk to Nicole Curtis? Uh, in in abandoned, I don't know. She goes and she refurbishes uh, abandoned houses in rundown neighborhoods. She, I think, she had like a TV show on the DIY network for a while. Hmm, interesting. I don't think so. I didn't, you know, me, I'm not one to really pay attention to names a lot. No, that's um, cool. It's kind of a small, but, skinny, blonde uh, woman in her 40s. No, I don't believe so. They do They do talk okay. to, like, uh, uh, some locals who have lived there who are trying to rebuild places on their own without letting gentrification take over. Uh, um, not okay. that they don't, you know, they, it's kind of like they want people to move there, but they don't want people to move there and try and, and 
Yeah, you and, know, it's a real hard struggle. We and we displaced had it here people. in Austin, right? Exactly. Where people we get. had that here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole gentrification thing, where yeah, the people who were happened to be living in the neighborhood could no longer afford to live in the neighborhood because the property values went up so much, their property taxes went up so much, and they ended up having to sell. But you know, right? Exactly. Yeah, and then those places get. Uh, filled up with um, uh, businesses and and um, and not local businesses. It's just like we love this place. We used to love this place in Austin called Cherub Charlie's, yeah. which they closed down, and now they've completely demolished the block that it was on, and it's going to be a hotel. Wow. Uh, Damn. The, yeah. And it's just like, you know, we really – Austin has lost a lot of its local identity because – uh, so many big businesses have come in here and done real estate development and mm-hmm. and built hotels and built all these other things, and right. um, and Austin lo- has lost a lot of its great flavor. The th- what made it special, you know, has right. disappeared. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and uh, it's funny because in. in in our case, it's because things are the economy's booming here, mm-hmm. and True. you know other cities have the same problem, but the problem has started because the economy has gone bust, like mm-hmm. Detroit, where you know so much uh, manufacturing jobs disappeared and things like that. So right, so. it's interesting. But I, I miss I, you know the thing that Mystery Train reminded me was mm-hmm. I, you know you kind of miss those seedy areas that. People used to cities used to have that feel uh, where, you know, I don't know if some of the places where they filmed in Memphis in 89 for Mystery Train. I don't know if I would walk, you know, be in that part of town by myself. No, probably not. I mean, it's like it's it's well, it's kind of a love hate thing. You know, you you kind of like you like the seediness, but then at the same time, you're a little bit afraid of it at the same time. Which right. I'm, which I'm sure kind of, Times Square in New York probably was like that at one time, you know. Exactly. Be, it was you exciting know? but but scary at the same time. Right, and I and it would be amazing to experience that. And at the same time, I think if I had the chance to go back in time and do it, I would be scared shitless. <laughs> I'd be the biggest <laughs> pussy in the world. I'd right. Like, I don't want to. Can I just watch from a taxi? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like not without a bodyguard, right? Uh, exactly yeah uh-huh. i mean houston where i grew up kind of had that in the montrose the montrose was the gay part of town but it was also very seedy yeah. and very you know uh and and not i never felt unsafe there but you know like if i would go visit friends there i would kind of every few minutes walk over and look out the window to see how my car was doing but um <laughs> but right. you know i loved i loved that part of town and then mm-hmm. the first thing they did was they put a police substation there and then uh without people realizing the whole point of doing that was so they could clean it up and and developers could come in and completely change that part of the city uh, and now mm-hmm. it's still i still like going there there's great restaurants there the museums are there you right. know there's bars and clubs there it's still a lot of gay people in that area sure. but and, and it's safer but is it as fun as it used to be? It's nowhere near as fun as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the same mystique that it once did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, and that's time. To, I mean, time does that. So yeah, it's uh, um, that's that's progress with a question mark after it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, 
The other movie I watched is one I had seen before, and that was Repo Man. I'm sure you've seen Repo Man. Yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah. Uh, Me too. I, love that I movie, hadn't though. seen it for years. It's a really good movie, but I but I didn't realize just how you know it came out in like I think '84, and um that long ago, and I remember mm-hmm. I yeah it's definitely filmed around '84. Maybe it came out in '85, but yeah. I remember seeing it on cable and um. And even my mom kind of liked it, <laughs> which is oh, funny. Really? Hmm. Yeah, but well, one of the things that mom liked that we that that was a big thing for us was Tracy Walter is in it, and he's uh, a really good character actor. And we had seen him in a TV show uh, called Best of the West, which was a, a horrible, stupid show uh, <laughs> on TV. Uh, where he played a character named Frog, and he just played this weird guy in the Old West, mm-hmm. and we, and we loved that character, and so he played kind okay. of a similar weird guy in Repo Man. Oh, um, all right. So so um, that was one thing that I know that we really liked, and it's just a weird movie, and it's really sloppy. It's kind of pointless. It's and there are places where you can't figure out what the hell is going on, and right. yet it's still a really fun really remarkable you know and 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 has a one of the things that they were talking about on the there's a lot of extras on that particular uh criterion release and one of the things they were talking about is it's one of the few movies to really kind of show punk rock in la around Mm. that time frame Mm -hmm. in a pretty realistic manner um there's only a couple there's only a couple scenes where they go into punk clubs Mm -hmm. um um but it isn't a, a Hollywood version of a punk club. They really kind of go yeah. into a couple places. Yeah, for that time, it was and, kind of kind of like a uh, a noir mystery wrapped in science fiction. Science fiction and uh, anti-war. There's supposedly there's something to do with nuclear bombs and aliens and it's just such a <laughs> exactly. it's such a mess. It's such a mess of a movie. Um, right. And, you know, it's directed – it's got Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez right before Breakfast Club. Um, You know, great actors, directed by Alex Cox, who directed uh, Sid and Nancy. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So – and Sid and Nancy is a fantastic film. It's nowhere near as sloppy as – as Repo Man. Repo Man, I think it's just it's it's trying to do everything in one movie. Now, <laughs> and do, it doesn't. Isn't it kind of an homage to like an older movie about some mysterious case that has a uh, has uh, some glowing object in it? I wish I knew what the, uh, there was an old black and white uh, mystery movie that had to deal with. I don't know if it was some radioactive material in a, a you know a suitcase or something. Uh, but uh, it's def- there, there definitely sounds... yeah. There's definitely an homage to it in Repo Man, obviously. But I wish hmm, I could that remember sounds what. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Hmm. We'll have to think. Yeah, we'll have to cause... find find that out and uh, talk about it again on another episode. Yeah. Okay. They certainly don't mention it in the extras that I watched on the uh, on the DVD. And of course, I read a little bit about it online as well. Usually, Wikipedia is where I go. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't remember seeing anything like that. But what you're saying sounds very familiar. Yeah, maybe if we went to IMDb and looked in the the trivia section for that, uh, you know, for Repo Man, they might have a little mention of there it. There may be something somewhere, yeah, that talks yeah. about that. Or one, or one sounds- of the. Yeah, one of the critics may mention it or something. 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's an interesting point. I'm sure there's something about it somewhere online. I just mm-hmm. I just didn't see that. And the okay. idea of a, a a glowing suitcase in an old noir film sounds really familiar, yeah. but not sure. Okay. And then uh, the third thing I watched, also about music, but completely different, was a, hmm. a movie called Topsy Turvy. And it's kind of hmm. um, a Gilbert and Sullivan biopic. Oh, but it's really? written, it was, yeah, it's about Gilbert and Sullivan and really them putting on the Mikado. Um, oh, and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's by a director named Mike Lee, and Mike Lee does this thing that I he reminds me of uh, uh, Linklater in that, you know, Linklater, we've learned because our friend was in a Linklater film that Linklater kind of sits down with people that he's going to use in his film and mm-hmm. just kind of chit chats with them about their thoughts and beliefs and and lives. And, and then he kind of writes that into the character yes. for the film. Oh, yeah. Whereas which is what he did with our friend John Christensen in Waking Life. Oh, to be sure, I'm you know probably word for word everything that John said in there was probably something that he had uh said before or had written before. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty fascinating. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And from what I've from what I understand from other people I've talked to who who've worked with Linklater, that's kind of his modus operandi in a lot of ways is depending on the project of course is that he'll he'll sit and talk with with uh, actors and and even talk about the character they're going to play and different things. And then he'll take things they say and suddenly they're in the script. Yeah. Um, what Mike Lee does is he, I think it's Lee. It may be pronounced lay. Mike lay does is he, he does lots of, of, um, uh, rehearsals with improv improvisation. And so he will mm. start with just an idea and him and the actors will improv and improv and improv sometimes for weeks. And then wow. he will write a script kind of based on those improvs. Um, that's fascinating way so, to work. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a really interesting, uh, director. He did a movie called secrets and lies that came out, I think around 1990. Um, that is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And it's not, you can't find it on DVD for a reasonable price anywhere. Hopefully the criterion collection will bring out secrets and lies on a DVD because, uh, you, you can't find it anywhere and it's one and, um, it would be great. A great thing for them, and they've done a couple other movies by Mike uh, Lay as well. One that's called Life is Sweet, which I actually bought when I did my Criterion Collection Grand Slam, and uh, so Mm. I haven't watched that yet, uh, and I've never seen it before. I hadn't seen Topsy Turvy before, Um, but one thing that's cool about Topsy Turvy is, you know, it would be really boring if somebody put on a like did the Mikado as a movie that would just be dull. Well, not dull necessarily, but it would just be kind of like, yeah, okay. It's the Mikado as a movie. Yeah. But in this, it's they a more stage, of a behind the scenes kind of stuff. Well, yes. You know, it's the story of how the Mikado came to be right. and, and, and some behind the scenes things and a look at life in, in um, Europe around that time, which is, I think the 1880s. Um, okay. or 1860s maybe. Is that and, Vic- um, Victorian England? Yeah, Victorian England mainly, although they do go to to Paris and a couple other places. Hmm. Um, but then there are long segments of 
the songs from different Gilbert and Sullivan musicals. When it starts, um, I think the the musical that's just come out is called Princess Ida, maybe. Okay. Um, I'm not that familiar with Gilbert and Sullivan. Me but and then at one point, at one point they stage an earlier work by Gilbert and Sullivan called. Um, uh, something like the sorcerer or something like that. So anyway, there are two or th- there are several segments throughout the film where it's just the uh, the company of actors who are characters in the film doing Gilbert and Sullivan songs and on stage. Yeah. And um, so it's kind of cool because it's kind of a biopic. It's kind of a um musical uh you know it's got all these different mm. elements all together and so if you're uh, if you you know like i like we were saying we're not really into you know we're not big gilbert and sullivan fans i don't know that much about them just a little bit either, but yeah. someone who someone who really was into gilbert and sullivan would love this movie because mm-hmm. it's it's the it's better than just someone filming a stage production of the Mikado. This yeah. has all kinds of background stuff and, and stories and it's just, and characters, you know, it's just right. a really cool thing. And you also get to hear some of the music from Gilbert and Sullivan. So, right. After hearing you talk about it, it now, really- I, I recall that I'm almost certain that I've seen bits and pieces of this movie. And, uh, so now I want to go back and actually watch it from beginning to end. You know, sometimes when you're flipping through channels and you run across something, and I'm sure I caught, like, you know, a middle section of it, and I was like, hey, this looks pretty interesting, but never got around to actually watching the entire thing from beginning to end. So now I I think I should. Right. Yeah, it's definitely worth seeing. Uh, I'm, I, I've only seen two films by Mike Lay at this point. Um, and I have a third one I want to, I've bought on DVD that I want to watch. Um, but I, and I think he's only made about eight movies. He's done a lot of theater things Oh, okay. and short films. Okay. Hmm. And, uh, and I think even a couple things on TV, but, uh, everything I've seen by him has been interesting and, and worth watching. So Mike Lee, I'm Mike Lee. Yeah. L E I G H. Mike Lee or Mike Lay, I'm not oh, sure. Okay. He's not Asian. He's uh, <laughs> he's English. Yes, or... correct. He's okay. he is British, I do believe. Yes, he is definitely British. So All right. Yeah. So cool. So he grew up he probably grew up with Gilbert and Sullivan Sullivan then, or at least watching the plays or loving them or some connection. Oh, I'm sure he did. Because uh, he spent a lot of time doing theater, so and and so I'm sure he's uh, seen the productions many times, yeah. Right. Um, well, it sounds awesome. Well, okay. So those are the DVDs I watched. Are you ready to talk a little bit about TV? Sure. Why don't we talk about TV? I know we got a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, we do. We well, it's been eleven days since we talked about stuff. So. Right. You know, since we're in the we're recording this the day before the election, the presidential election. Let me uh, mm-hmm. talk about the series that I've been watching on Netflix, and I'm finally caught up. Uh, which is House of Cards, which I just finished watching season four. Season five is going to come out, I guess, sometime next year. And Ooh, Kevin uh, Spacey. Yes, Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright. And uh, mm-hmm. they play Frank and Claire Underwood, the most corrupt, manipulative, cunning, charming, and deadly political power couple in the history of American politics, if they really existed. But uh, and, no, they're amazing. Um, 
I, you know, when I first started watching, I was like, oh my God, this is a modern day retelling of Richard III, the Shakespearean play. Because uh, what's so interesting, it's also, it's actually a, a remake of a BBC miniseries of the same name. It's, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so the funny thing about it, Kevin Spacey's character uh, is breaks the fourth wall on, you know, multiple occasions in every episode. So he's t- basically talking to the audience, which is very similar to the character Richard III in the play Richard III. He kind of breaks that fourth wall and actually speaks with the audience, you know, telling them little inside information or, uh, you know, little asides to give you information that other characters on stage, you know, may not know. Hmm, It's a a cute little device. I know it's used a lot uh, nowadays. I mean, even Ferris Bueller's Day Off used that device, but it was, you know, a device invented by Shakespeare as far as we know. So it really adds to the show House of Cards because it's... It's a pretty heavy drama, but I mean, there's humor in it, but it, because, well, Kevin Spacey's a funny guy. Right. It's mainly a heavy drama, and it really deals with uh, his character. First season, he starts out, he's the house majority whip, and um, he has been promised that uh, the incoming president will make him the secretary of state. Well, that deal falls through, so he vows revenge. And so he, through conniving and manipulation and backstabbing, and even at some point actual murder, um, manages to make his way to become the vice president. And then through further manipulation and deceit and backstabbing, uh, ends up getting the sitting president to be impeached and uh, eventually ending up resigning so that he manipulates his way into becoming the president of the United States. It's it's an amazing journey to watch in the show. I don't want to tell too much. I've already probably told too much because I probably already killed season one and season two for anybody who wanted to start, but it's still worth watching. We never... We never say spoiler alert on this show, and we should say it about a hundred times. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I, that's okay. I don't think I really spoiled anything. I mean, it kind of, you kind of know that he's, you know, working his way for the top spot. And right. Uh, so season five is coming up. He's currently president. The interaction between Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright is amazing. I mean, they are now. Does they're almost like she play his wife? Yes, yeah, she plays his wife, who okay. is currently the first lady and they're they're Mm. they're almost like a single entity together there are periods where their marriage looks like it's disintegrating and right when you think it's going to finally break up they they pull together and become even more evil and devious than they originally were separately so it's my prediction is is that somehow she say i'm already giving i don't yeah I don't want to give too Spoiler much away, alert. so I'm not, I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop right there. I'm just saying it's a series hmm. worth watching. Yeah, it'll be a lot of uh, binge watching. Uh, it's on Netflix, so you know it's very easily you could binge watch this for I don't know a, a few weeks or months. You've got time before season five, but uh, it's definitely worth spending the time to watch this. Uh, it's a gives you a lot of interesting insight into politics granted i mean this is fictional but they have a lot of uh inside advisors for this show 
to give you a real look and feel of of our political process, good and bad and horrible. So, <laughs> so I think it, it would be a good it would be a good thing to watch. It's just funny to me because it it really that's one of those shows that. I just have never felt any inkling to be interested in. And I think I, and I never really kind of thought about it, but I think part of it is I already know that politics is evil and crazy and ridiculous. And I don't know if I need to watch a show <laughs> just watching what's happening in our election right now is well, enough. but that's um, true. I, you know, but I, I know people love that show. Um, and obviously they've done five seasons. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be on if people didn't love love it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just for some reason it just doesn't appeal to me. But um, okay, you know it's one of the. But I I don't know why I can't put my finger on why other than it's just like another show that people talk about a lot mm-hmm. that I'm somewhat curious at, about because I don't have any idea at all what it's about is Veep with Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, I've, Ju- yeah, or Julia I've Louis Dreyfus. I think I may have seen an episode or two, and it yeah it looked interesting, and it's a comedy, right? And so, I believe it's supposed to be anyway. Yeah. So right, I mean, it's you know, it's uh, approaching politics in a different vein than House of Cards, but I'm sure it still pokes fun at uh, reality, as House of Card uh, pokes daggers in reality. So <laughs> you know, it's uh, right. Yeah, there's a lot of political shows, and there have been a lot of political, you know, so-called inside-look-type political shows that have uh, fictionalized political shows that have covered a lot of ground. And so I know people kind of get tired of political dramas or comedies, but uh, I'll still say House of Cards worth a look because it's it's really it's really more like a Shakespearean tragedy than it is anything. Right, right. And, you know, like anything else, I probably would really like it if I watched it. It's just one of those things I can't – I would have to buy the DVDs or, or go on Netflix or something. And, and I did, once something gets on five or six episodes and I haven't started watching, I'm like, oh, it would be really hard to get into that show. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, oh, one last word just – just to, yeah. to to boil it into all into one pot. So if you if you took Richard the Third and uh, Macbeth and rolled them into one play, that's what House of Cards would be. Because Kevin Spacey <laughs> definitely is Richard the Third, and Robin Wright definitely is Lady Macbeth. See and see that's the other thing. I'm not super familiar with Shakespeare. <laughs> okay, well, all all the Shakespearean. Uh, lovers out there will know what I'm saying, and they'll say, hmm, well, yeah, sounds yeah. interesting. Uh, here's, here's my other question. You say it's based on a British show? Yes, it's kind is, of a remake. They just the, they just go much further, obviously, because the I think the uh, the British miniseries was only on for one year, so they may have uh, done like a lot of British shows. Yeah, right. They may have done ten episodes and all. Right. I mean, and is the British mm-hmm. version? About the president of the United – or about the United States politics or, or British no, politics? it's about British politics. It's the climb of a, ah. of a uh, House of Commons backbencher who climbs his way to become prime minister of England. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's right. – that's, you know, it, it certainly – I'm sure I would love it if I watched it. 
Um, I just, you know, it's there's so many great TV shows out there. I didn't yeah. realize you watched House of Cards. You hadn't really talked about it before, so that's cool. Well, it's been Have off. Have you watched it? Yeah, it's been off and on for a while. There's so many other things going on that sometimes you lose track of things. And uh, I, right? I, I wanted to revisit because I knew Sierra was current on it, and I wanted to get current on it as well so that when the new season comes out we can see what happens because there's a real cliffhanger at the end of uh season four sort of yeah because well ah, interesting yeah huh? the uh the the underwood administration is under deep fire and they are circling their wagons and they're going to become more deadly than ever before i'm sure do you watch it as do, like do you watch several episodes at once do you binge watch it uh yeah i or did I did. Ah, I, I okay. binge watch uh, half of season three and all of season four, like in, I don't know, three days or something. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's but, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, three of my favorite shows are, are have finished their seasons in, in the weird way TV works now where seasons have nothing to do with how they used to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was Abandoned, which um, I don't know, maybe we should wait until you see the last episode and then talk about all of the, the episodes we've seen recently. Yeah, um, that sounds good. We'll do that. Right. And then uh, – the other two shows that have ended that I just wanted to mention, well, one's Chrisley, which you know I love, and I won't say anything more. <laughs> no, that's fine. If you, if you want to elaborate, that's that's fine by me. You know, this season wasn't anything particularly great. It's, I, it's just I always enjoy that show. And this season they didn't do anything particularly crazy or amazing or anything. It was just mm-hmm. more of them being a family and doing a few things. Uh. Um, but – I love that show, and and um, and so the the season they were having uh, ended uh, last weekend, huh. and then uh, or last he hasn't come out yet. Tuesday nights last two. He has not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's gonna have that would ruin the show for sure. Oh, no, no. It's funny because one of the things I like about it is his wife Julie just seems like a really nice, down to earth person. I mean, she, you know, she's right. not. Uh, homespun or anything but she's just a pleasant i i just like her i like seeing them together there seems to be genuine affection between them and i don't think she's the kind of woman who would put up with a lot of bullshit and Uh, i don't know i think that's one of the interesting things about the show is like their relationship in many ways seems very loving and normal and and just your average man and wife even though he's nutty and you know she's not but that's just one of the things about the show that appeals to me i think is that Uh, you know he loves his kids Mm -hmm. yeah he loves his kids and and his kids love him even though that you know he drives them crazy sometimes but there's when you watch the show, there are just moments where they're genuinely affectionate with each other. You know, you can just tell they lo- there's real love in that family. And, mm. they're, you know, it's even though the show's a big put on sometimes and it's obviously phony sure. in places. It's reality. Just, uh, reality when TV, you strip away I mean. all, Right. When you strip away all that shit, they really seem to like each other and care about each other. And yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, that's one of the things that I like about it. But uh, have, have they... so hopefully there'll be more of that. Mm-hmm. 
Have they done artificial? Have they, have they done artificial skydiving as a family together yet? Artificial skydiving? You know, when you put on these suits and it's just like a big fan that blows you up in the air. They haven't done that yet. I don't think. Uh, okay, well you know they they've, did some. You know they've jumped the. Sh- okay, you know they've jumped the shark when they do that because every <laughs> freaking reality TV show does that shit as a form of. Did te- the Kardashians do that? As a form of team building. No, they couldn't do that on the Kardashians because. They couldn't find a suit that would fit her ass. I was going to say her tits would hit her in the face over and over, right? <laughs> It'd be like boom, 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 boom on her face. She'd be bruised from the <laughs> eyes down, from the from the forehead down. Uh, so, um, no, it's funny because they did – like on, on what – this is exactly the kind of thing, though. On, the, on one of the last episodes, they actually went to and helped some people who – uh, remodeled a house for a girl who had uh, was in a wheelchair and had a severe. Um, she, I think, she had uh, somehow drowned or died or something. You know, she was and had not recovered her mental facil- facilities because of that. Uh, I'm going off on something that I can't remember exactly what. Oh. But as a team building exercise, they all decided to go and help this charity remodel their house. And oh. yeah, it was a family where one of the kids was in a wheelchair and and mm-hmm. um, didn't function well. And so they did things like they remodeled that. It's a young girl. They remodeled her her a bedroom. They opened up one of the walls so she had better access to the bathroom because she's in a wheelchair. Right. And you know, just just you know, help that family. And while they were there doing that, they there was all this little drama about oh, they were having a contest who could be the most helpful and do the most stuff. Where they you know, but when but you know, it was a thing where they went and you know, and I know remodeling houses and stuff like that is on every reality show. They go help charities and stuff. Yes. But they just seem to. They just seem to do it, and you know, it's just they just seem nice. I don't know what it is. It's because there's no, there's not a lot of real drama. There's some playful, created drama on the show. Yeah. But they just seem like nice people. I know I'm a fool for believing that, but <laughs> I, I just enjoy it. And and it seems mm-hmm. like if you really look for it, if you strip away all the silliness of the show, it's about a family that really likes each other, and 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 um you know are are genuinely nice good people in my opinion and okay. i so i enjoy i enjoy chris lee and I, it's my guilty pleasure and i don't care what anyone says <laughs> all right hey man and then the other- G- guess what <laughs> i am i am not going to shit on it Ah, oh, thanks, Mark Browner. You hear, you, you heard it here first, it. folks. <laughs> you won't have to hear about it for a while because I don't think it'll be back on. I'm, a, you know, I'm hopeful that there'll be another season, but I don't think it'll come back till sometime in the spring if it does. So maybe you won't have to hear about it for a while. Oh, thank God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not the Kardashians, at least. No, you're right. The you're other, right. Absolutely. The, the other. <laughs> the other show that ended that I uh, watched was the show I was telling you about on Logo called Finding Pr- Prince Charming, which was the Bachelor, the right. gay Bachelor kind of show. Yeah, um, oh, they, ten episodes. It ended, huh? Yeah, ten episodes. He did narrow it down to to uh, one guy and pick a winner, and they seemed to. Um, uh, genuinely really be like each other and want to continue. So it will be interesting to see if they continue to have a relationship after the show. Mm. Um, it was, uh, 
one of the things that came out during the season that I didn't talk about and I wanted to, but we just never got around to it was right. mid season. There was stuff online about how the guy who was the Prince Charming on the show mm-hmm. had been an he and he's probably like late 30s, 38 or so had okay. been an escort when he was younger, oh my. Um, which is basically basically a male prostitute. Right. And um <laughs> And so that came out while the show was airing, although I think they had filmed all the episodes because he does tell the when he's down to three of them left, he does tell them about that part of his history. And they're all very accepting of it, which probably some of them had had certainly probably done certain things when they were we all do stuff when we're young but um and they're probably like hey as long as his blood work is clean you know we're fine (laughs) you're right came back clean we're fine yeah um but you know um that was just a little bit of drama what what was interesting to me about prince finding prince charming was uh, there was no drama it wasn't that when all was said and done it wasn't really even that interesting (laughs) of a show Um, really you know, yeah, they it thought was the, just kind. I mean, mm-hmm. they thought the fact that it was it was a gay version of The Bachelor would be enough. But in, I th- think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think they thought it would be a lot of drama. If you put 10 gay guys or really it was, I think, 14 at one part point, gay guys in a in a house together, there would be some drama. And there was. But the romance, the romance thing of it, they all seem to take fairly seriously. And that wasn't particularly drama filled. Ah, um, a few oh. of the guys had some drama in the house. But but when it came down to the end of the show. There was no real like there were two guys that he could choose between. They were both likable. Mm-hmm. He could have been happy with either one of them. It wasn't like, oh, one of them's really a, a secretly an evil bastard. I hope he doesn't choose that one. There was none <laughs> of that kind of stuff. You know, okay. it was just hmm. it was it was kind of just eh, okay. He picked one, and um, well, maybe they were. So, the, the show was trying to break s- stereotypes. Well, I think whether it was or not, it kind of did because of that, because there wasn't mm-hmm. – I mean it certainly isn't the kind of thing that gets you a lot of press and ratings, but yeah. it was you know, kind of nice to see a show about a guy trying to find the guy of his dreams, his Prince Charming, yeah. and uh, – you know, and and just going through that process, and and you know, one of the things that was weird, and I got this too, and I again, I don't watch straight shows like this, so I don't know how it works, but mm. you know, he would be, he would go on a date with one of the guys and be very affectionate, and you know, they would be very close, and then he would go out on a date with another one of the guys, and it would be like same thing. He's affectionate, he's kissing him, they're very close, and you're like, I don't know, how he's gonna choose one of these guys because he likes both of them, or or more than one, two of them. At one point, yeah, and you're like, uh, you're like, how's he gonna pick one of these guys? He's and how and there was one guy who got really upset because he was kind of, I think he was one of the last five, mm-hmm. and he was he they went out on a double date, two of the guys at one time, and when he and when Prince Charming spent time with one of the other guys, he just couldn't handle it. He he was like, I don't want to be with someone who's a player, and uh. and, they, and they're like, and he's like, I'm not a player, but this is a uh, this is a game you know or whatever this is a uh, this is what we're doing here and it's weird yeah. but that's just the nature of the beast and the guy was like i'm not doing this you're a player i'm done and he left the house but well kind of you know didn't that the guy kind of knew what he signed up for so i don't exactly quite follow yeah. that's weird yeah, yeah. 
I mean, um, although I could see you sign up for that and then you you start having real feelings for this other person and then you've got to yeah. to be somewhere and see him with someone else. Right. At a certain point you're you've got to say, "Okay, even though when he's with me, he's just as affectionate." Mm-hmm. You know, I can't take that, you know, and a lot of people might not be able to take that. The guy who the right. guy who walked out was was kind of a jerk and kind of a whiner. Oh, um, so okay. it was kind of, it was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but hmm. but, you know, I kind of uh, if you put yourself in his shoes and believe that he was sincere, it's not hard to see that that would be might be difficult for someone, especially someone who's been hurt before, you know. Yeah. Well, I think some people are so, cut out to be on a show like that. So, which is probably most people, you know, trying to deal right. with, uh, you know, a jealousy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Feelings of being hurt in a public way. Uh, yeah, that that could be difficult. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think that would be the hardest part of it. If if you also didn't fall for someone else who was, the, especially on a gay show, obviously, you know, I I wondered, and I think maybe the producers wondered if two of the guys who were in the house trying to meet the trying to win the game wouldn't actually fall in love with each other and 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 something happened there um oh, but there yeah. wasn't there, there wasn't really anything like that that really happened there were some hints there was a couple there was one guy who accused another guy of coming on to him but but i didn't really nobody really saw that uh. so anyway it was a, it was an interesting show and i guess they're going to have a um a, a sequel or a second season because um, they ran an ad during the last episode, you know, for people to go online if you'd like to be on Finding Prince Charming season two, uh-huh. check us out online. Okay. So apparently and it's they're going to keep doing it. All right, and this is on Logo, right? Logo, correct. Oh, okay. That may explain why it's it wasn't necessarily as drama filled because it's more that in that channel a little more geared to LGBTQ plus programming. Oh, that was sweet. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, that you used the correct acronym. That was nice. Uh, um, or or the acronym I use anyway. Um, yeah, I think – I mean I think that's part of it too. I think Logo didn't want to have some kind of crazy, oh my god, look how crazy gay guys are kind of thing. Right. Um, although they are the, the channel that runs RuPaul's Drag Race, so I don't know. Well, um, yeah, but that's that's a whole different vein, you know. Right. I mean, I guess they could have gone and tried to instigate a lot of drama on Finding Prince Charming, but they they didn't seem to do that. That you're right. They seem to try and keep it as realistic as as possible. I guess you would say, and, and as positive as possible. They right. they did some uh, they did some things where they uh, they they went to some place where they um, painted the walkways in the rainbow. You know, like they've done in some cities. Uh, in the rainbow flag and, and and things like that too. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, you liked it, but yeah, it, it wouldn't wouldn't necessarily as uh, uh, drama filled as you had anticipated it would have been. Right, right, uh, yeah. And whether you know, definitely there wasn't a lot. There was no, you know, how sometimes you watch certain shows and you can see that the producers are instigating drama. You can just tell, right? You know, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, on definitely Chris, most on, most. On, uh, Reality shows or the producers are obviously instigating shit. Right, but, uh, right. I mean, you. I see that on Chrisley. On Chrisley, they're obviously there are times where they're re reenacting things that have happened before. There are times where they get in fights about stuff that 
seems like they're 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 trying they're playing up to the camera, which I'm sure the the producers tell them to do. Yeah, like um, the, like the and, time they were boiling lobsters and uh, Chris Lee was all afraid of the lobster and he's dropping it on the floor and shit. I don't know if that's necessarily. Oh no way! Fake. That, that, <laughs> no, that's that that was Annie Hall. Never mind. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing. That's, but, but yeah, I know what you're saying. There's okay. that's exactly the kind of thing where Chrisley might play it up. Oh my God, they're pinchers. <laughs> but yes. but uh, for the camera. But I think that's somewhat based on his real, <laughs> real life character. <laughs> okay. Right. Got it. All right. That's funny. Hey, man. Yeah. So, uh, Walking Dead. Wow. Yeah, we've got uh, two episodes to cover about that. Right. Two episodes after the season premiere of right. of the crazy Negan. I hated it. I think it was fucking awful episode. <laughs> right. Which which we are we already yeah we already covered the season opener yeah, but we didn't right. we didn't cover um yeah episode two and three yet so right so yeah. episode two is uh, Carol and King Ezekiel Carol and Morgan and King Ezekiel right which is a kind of a. a a nice decompression episode, you know, kind of changing gears and moving on to a, a storyline that uh, was a little more sedate, even though uh, Negan's ugly hand kind of showed itself partially uh, during that episode, during the uh, give, give me your uh, Walker-fed pigs right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. scene. But, well, uh, it's just, you know... It's just crazy that, you know, you know, like I always say, I, I love I'll, I'll keep watching The Walking Dead until they take it off the air. Uh, I love to complain about it. You, you know, I love. <laughs> but I also it, it kind of it doesn't really infuriate me, but it just kind of drives me crazy when after that horrible opening show, then we have one of the best episodes I've had with. I mean, yeah. I love Carol. Everyone loves Carol. She's so yes. great. Mm -hmm. the, the thing she does with, um, you know, kind of uh, playing her little games. Yes. Character that she plays like, oh, I don't know. yeah, I don't know anything. I'm just a, I'm just kind of a housewife and I don't know much. <laughs> right. I, I love I just love watching her play that character. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so brilliant and it just shows you how I mean, it just it just makes that character so full. And Melissa right. McBride, who plays her, is amazing. Right. Um and, you know, it's just kind of infuriating that after we had that just pointless violence of the first episode, then we have this wonderful character driven, uh, amazingly written, really interesting show where more basically no one dies. And yeah. it's just like, oh, I guess you have to have the low points to have the high points. Well, that's true. And uh, because I, I, I really <laughs> that's true. I really like the scenes between. Carol and Ezekiel, especially the the one of the later scenes that they had together, where you know he pretty much tells her, "Hey, you know, I've seen through, I see through all your bullshit because I right. I'm a bullshitter myself, and uh, here's my backstory, you know." And right, exactly. He pretty much says, "Don't bullshit a bull. You can't bullshit a bullshitter or something." <laughs> right. And then he drops the you know the English kingly accent and gives gives her his. His tail, well, gives her right, his which totally, yeah. which totally sounds believable. You totally believe him, what he's telling her. You know, it makes perfect right. sense. Yeah, you don't think he's playing her at all. He's being 
he's being sincere and yeah. and you know telling his backstory a really interesting backstory and yeah just right. you know th- those episodes i mean i mean i love the the character of carol i love the character of morgan mm-hmm. and you know the morgan's i always call it the morgan story morgan's origin story <laughs> where he's where he's with the guy who keeps him in a cell for a while and then teaches him how to right. fight with a stick. I can't remember what the character that helps him, but he uh, ends up dying, of course. Yes. Um, one of the best episodes ever, and I really feel like this King Ezekiel episode was really one of their best ever. Right. Just frustrating that it comes after one of what I consider what I consider to be the show, the episode where they jump the shark. Then they come out with well, this episode that makes you care about characters again, and you're like, God damn it, they <laughs> suckered me in again. <laughs> you know, that's so true. Well, maybe, you know, probably like the comic they, you know, they're trying to be many things to many people and keep many right. people interested, and so they alternate, and, and the, the third episode is evidence of that as well. Well, it, you know, because then you go, yes, and this this is something that, you know, this is a kind of a thing that they do. This is not the first time they've done this kind of thing where it's like you have a really violent, action-packed episode, then you have a really thoughtful, intelligent, character-driven episode, and right. then you kind of have one one that's both. Um, which is kind of what they did with with uh, the episode with Daryl. Yes, the, that was episode three. Right, the uh, the attempted brainwashing of Daryl. Yeah, which, which is ongoing in his cell. What is that song that they kept playing over and over <laughs> in his cell? Oh my God, I would lose my I'd lose my shit. I, I fucking I actually, <laughs> I actually um, uh, tweeted um, Talking Dead and and uh, Chris Hardwick and was like, I because tr- I googled that song and googled it and and used my phone with with where you hold your phone to it and go, what song is this? And right could not find it online at all and so i tweeted walking dead and apparently a lot of people tweeted walking uh talking dead about Mm -hmm. it because hardwick uh told us on the um uh talking dead episode afterwards that it's by a band called collapsible hearts club and it of course it's called uh it's actually called um something like 307 easy street or it's like an address right um yeah I think I, I, I dozed in and out of the Talking Dead, and so that's probably why I missed that little tidbit of information. Wasn't a particularly great Talking Dead, yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, wasn't really interesting. Um, but I did watch it wanting to know yeah. if they would talk about that well, song. True, true. And they and they did. And so then after they said that, I Googled it and it was already out on YouTube. And then uh, Hardwick tweeted, uh, I think, uh, today, the day after the episode that you can buy it on iTunes now. But I don't know if it was a pre-existing song because the stuff I found online, it's only like a minute forty six. Ah, okay. It's short. So Mm. I don't know if it was a song they created for the show or if it's a song they found somewhere and the Collapsible Hearts Club is a real band. I don't know for sure. Um, But it's one of those songs that's like, yes, it's infuriating and horrible, and yet I kind of liked it. (laughs) Well, I don't know that I would buy the MP3, but I kind of liked it. Sure, if you heard it heard it once, maybe on a, on a nice sound system and not on some really tinny speakers. 
Yeah, you might actually right. like it, but hearing it, you know, 24-7 <laughs> for who right. knows how long you had to listen to it, oh, it would drive, right. drive you crazy. You, you Especially someone like Daryl, who just probably wanted to pull his hair out, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that is not a Daryl song. <laughs> right, which was interesting. Then then in, later on in the episode, they, they played, it was, I don't know if it was a Slim Whitman song that was very sedate and soothing and wonderful or who it was roger whitaker who knows i i I don't know do you remember that part oh uh when they played the song um crying by roy orbison oh is that what it oh that's what it was god i don't know why i was saying i don't know why i was saying (laughs) slim whitman oh my god okay well yeah my memories my memory's going man it's going uh, you know well you had been traumatized by the easy street song so it's understandable (laughs) yes and Um, and the alpo sloppy joes oh yeah I but you know even though we had to put up in this episode with with Negan doing his Negan thing and I fucking right. can't stand that I I'm I've I'm I know I've convinced myself that I Jeffrey Dean Morgan just sucks I just hate him as that character wow. it's not because I hate that character mm. I, I do hate that character but right. it's and it is a poorly written character but. Mm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan does nothing with that character to make it good. It, it's just he's just a horrible act. I mean, he just can't act that character. I'm sorry, that's my feeling on it. Well, that, that, um, that may be the case, but for some reason, he's just amazingly popular with these Walking Walking Dead fans. Or so yeah, it and seems. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, uh, you know. even the even the governor who I hated and thought was a horrible character. In you know, in the light of day of Negan, the governor seems like an actually interesting character played maybe, by an interesting actor. Well, maybe a a, <laughs> a a better developed character, or as far as we yeah. can tell, the governor was. Um, of course, still we still don't necessarily know Negan's backstory yet. So, I'm I'm waiting well, for as, that. As you said, you know, maybe if we, you know, because one of my things is nobody would follow this guy across the street, you know, let alone, uh, you know, and we certainly saw hints of uh, characters uh, who who are under Negan's rule who Mm -hmm. don't believe, who don't buy it, who don't want to be there, who, you know who have seeds of discontent and um yes and the dwight character although he you know when he first was on the show you hated him because he fucked with daryl yeah he just he got really interesting in this last episode i i was real i i mean i'm you know i really believe that he and daryl will work together to overthrow negan when all is said and done well that's very likely yeah, I mean, you, you because you, you know you have a lot more empathy for uh, Dwight after seeing this particular episode, seeing actually what he went through and what he's gone to, and how he's he lost his wife, and you know his wife is now Negan's wife, and of course right. she, she's none too happy about it, obviously, but you know right, I mean, no one's happy there. No, they're, and, they're uh, all yeah, doing what know. they can to survive. I mean, it uh, you know how many. How many of his henchmen have gone through the same, being locked in a cell and, and, and you know, you can have this shitty life or you can have a, a half-decent life. All you have to do is say say yes or say, I'm Negan. Right. You know? Say, I'm Negan. Say, right. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, uh, yeah, because, I mean, again, 
the you know they were talking about how the the sister died and how they were Negan was going to pretty much kill Dwight and and the wife saved him by saying she would be with Negan um and right. turned it turned it into turned it into cuckold porn but um <laughs> yeah well yeah in a way in a way but but um, um but i mean i just um i i thought all of that was really interesting i thought dwight's and and her story and i can't remember her name now i think it's sherry um yeah. really in you know very interesting very interesting the dynamic between dwight and negan and the dynamic between dwight and daryl and i it right. does it does help me want to see what happens next sure um, and uh, just remember you know, i mean strong arm dictators come to power all the time i mean Right now, as as people are listening to this, we may have just elected a strong arm a strong arm dictator. <laughs> That's not going to happen, man. Um, but yeah, I, I hope not. Yeah, I hope I I'm agree. wrong when I'm saying this. You know, it's I mean, but it's true. You know, I my big question is who would follow Negan? But then look at Trump, and you're just like, who would follow this guy anywhere? And right. you know, there are lots of them who would. So there are. For very uh, so, for various yeah. reasons, yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm you know I I'm still I don't like the Negan character. I don't like the guy who play. I don't like the actor's work who's playing him. Uh, it certainly could be a hell of a lot better in my opinion. However, last night's episode with Dwight and Daryl in the cell and the and all of that was was certainly starting us down a path that I'm interested in following. So yeah. Yeah, agreed. So I won't maybe I won't be bitching as much two episodes from now, who knows. Okay. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe they've unjumped the shark. Well, I won't say that, but in your eyes, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe 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 not. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to watch regardless. Uh, it would have to really do a lot, you know, it would have to be really get a lot worse for me to not watch. Yeah. But I think that's what they, you know, I mean, that's what the show does. And I guess I, I guess I should g- get used to it because I certainly bitched about the governor, and I bitched, sure. uh, you know, did you I've bitch about, about characters the that terminus people too? Well, yeah, a little bit. Um, okay. I definitely thought the thing where they're eating Bob while he's still alive was the stupid one of the stupidest fucking things I've seen on the show. Right, um, where they're eating Bob's leg. I was just like, this is like straight out of the graphic novel because it's uh, it's as dumb as a as a comic book. Um, uh, so I definitely hated hated that part of that right. thing. Well, you know, and, and you know, and I don't want to digress too much, but this the uh, fucking American Horror Story had that same thing happen where somebody's getting their a leg eaten while they're still alive so yeah Ugh. stupid dumb <laughs> anyway. i watched when i when I, I was hanging out with my nephew a couple weeks ago uh, i watched he watches american horror story so i watched one of the episodes with him where apparently now it's like a reality show but not a real reality show it's like a ghost hunter show inside the it's like a show inside the show inside the show or something right. they did like it was and, like it became like a return to roanoke where they took the reenactors and the actual people and put them back into the house to see what would happen but they're also manufacturing some of the things that would happen yes until the yeah. until the producers themselves get killed by some supernatural forces Oh wow! And then, 
And then the poor uh, people in the house are left to their own devices. And well, I almost said interesting, but really not. I just thought the well, episode I watched, the the one I watched was when they were they were somehow fucking with Kathy Bates' character because she's an actress and in the show, and right. she supposedly. She killed played, someone or something. Well, she played the, the the ghostly entity in the reenacted show, and uh, yeah, she got fired from doing the return to Roanoke, and so she goes crazy and ends up yeah killing some people. Okay, but I don't want to go too deep into it because I'm well, I'm not, I'm not really I, finding this entire season that interesting. From the episode I saw, watching it with my nephew, and I was only half watching it, I was like, this seems. It does seem fucking stupid and uh, and yeah, uninteresting. So I understand completely. I, yeah. I you know, I, in- I don't know what he thinks of it. I haven't yeah. asked my nephew what he thinks of it. I mean, there are interesting elements in the way they've done some things, but it just kind of devolves into not being their best season. That's for sure. Plenty well, of good, plen- good. Yeah. Plenty of other seasons Good. of uh, American Horror right. Story that were that were much better than this one. Cool. Okay. So I I think we agree. From what I just saw one episode and barely paid attention, but but I thought the same thing. I was like, this doesn't seem that great to me. Um, right. And seems like a real waste of Kathy Bates' talent. I love her so much. She's so great. Mm-hmm. But what I saw of the episode with her, I was just like, eh. Poor, she seems like she's stuck in this show now. <laughs> but, well, luckily, sure. in, in other seasons, she's had much better and more rich characters that she can play, so that she's been allowed to play that... Have made up for it, I guess, yeah. I think so, yeah. It's just this season, not so much. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go to... We we really need to... I know we've had some technical problems recording tonight, and we really need to... Yeah, uh, we did. We've been going for a long time. Who knows how long we're really actually in on the show. I know. But, it, it'll uh, it'll be um, one of our longer ones, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, okay. but uh, let's let's talk about um, This Is Us, which uh, the, the most recent episode was the one where Kevin and... Who's the actor... Uh, and yeah. uh, the girl he's in the play play with, yes, went yep. to a funeral. Mm-hmm. They were trying to help Kevin tap into uh, his emotional side because he was having problems in rehearsals. Talking about it was it was like one scene that he was getting stuck on. He was like he was great in every other scene apparently that he was doing, but for some reason every time they came to this one scene he just his delivery became flat right and he didn't know how to he well he was having trouble figuring it out yeah and and so the girl who's in the play with him i don't know what that character's name is uh took him to a funeral yeah took him to a funeral uh, or a memorial thing and um uh but without him realizing that it was not for anyone they knew and Again, something that's been done before. I think I've seen that before somewhere, but mm-hmm. they just did it. They just did it well. It was really interesting. Right. Uh, it really got you to know a little bit more about Kevin, and so I really liked. Uh, I really liked that whole storyline that went through there. Um, 
Right. Very interesting. Uh, there was one kind of technically crappy part okay. where uh, he he's talking to the um, the woman whose husband has died, and they're in her house and where the memorial service is. Right. And they've lied to her and told her they knew her husband, but yeah. not not maliciously or anything. No. And um, him and her, him and her are talking, and he tells her that he lost his dad, and mm -hmm. that. She says, oh, something like, when did he die? And then you can't see Kevin's mouth. It's like a shot from the back of his head. And you could hear that they had um, ADR'd in the the, uh, the dialogue. And he says, oh, it was a long time ago. Um, instead oh. of, so, you know, it's like they left themselves open to put anything in there. And yeah. they decided to be vague. Right. Um, they, they're not ready to give, give away when exactly that happened in his life. Right, right. Point, um, right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that was a little frustrating because it wasn't done particular production wise. It wasn't done particularly well. Um, but you know, I, I, maybe it's because I'm so used to watching the technical stuff of, of TV shows too, that I, I don't know if everyone would have really see, thought it was as obvious as I did. I just thought it was super obvious. And, and I was also, I just didn't feel like that's how he would answer her. He he would mm. tell her, mm -hmm. you know, he would tell her that. They should have just probably cut that scene a little bit somehow mm. uh, in a better way where he doesn't have to say it was a long time ago, which could be a long time ago. could be two years ago or, you know, probably a little more than that. But, right. you know, we don't know if it was when they were little kids or or teenagers or uh, adults. Um, I and I, I guess it'll be a while before we know. I'm guessing it happened probably when he was uh, still young, meaning like a young teenager, because I, th I think losing a parent at that age has got to be a little more tra traumatic than, you know, losing it when you're losing a parent when you're, you know, 20 or well, may, eh, maybe 20 is still, you know, but you know, like 30, yeah, I, you know, at mid 20s, 30, or 35. Yeah. It's not quite as traumatic as, you know, yeah, when you're still a minor. Right. And I guess we, you know, now that we we're talking about it, the the uh, Randall, the African-American guy, and then yeah. Kevin, the actor and, and Kate, the the um, uh, the large girl lady right. uh -huh. um, are all the same age. And I would assume they're supposed to all be early 30s, don't you think? I, I guess maybe mid 30s maybe mid 30s i mean kevin looks yeah. young but he's an actor and and uh right you know so um uh, anyway um one of my thoughts was well first i wanted to mention also uh the show starts and it's jamie gertz of square pegs Oh um, yeah, that's right. That was a nice little thing like, to see, right? Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, and maybe she'll be in some more episodes because Kate works for her now. Um, right. But I was just like, oh, I love her so much. Mm -hmm. She was in a TV show a couple of years ago on ABC called Neighbors, which was about these aliens move in next door kind of a thing. Oh, it was really? kind of a stupid, yeah. It was kind of a dumb sitcom, but it was actually fucking hilarious. There were many, many. It was it was one of those things where it just you knew it was going to get canceled. But mm, I loved mm -hmm. that show and watched every episode because it just had some really, really funny moments in it. Wow. Um, I, I completely missed really, that one. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think it was on two seasons and and of course a horrible name, The Neighbors. And it's about Jamie Gertz and her husband. They have kids. They move yeah. into this neighborhood that's all aliens because they get a good deal on the house and they, and then they realize that you know the the fo- the alien next door come out and tell them they're aliens within a couple episodes wow. so it's not like they try and fool them it's more and there was just a lot of really great humor in that show wow. um it's, some some of it's silly but it's, i loved that show it sounds like the reverse of third rock from the sun it kind of was similar it kind of <laughs> was you're right it, it was it was if you know if third rock from the sun if they had had said they were aliens i guess because it was all about of course them misunderstanding how things work in 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 human life and uh-huh. uh, but uh, and again a little bit over the top a little bit silly but um one, the, the alien kids were funny the two kids who played the aliens children were hilariously funny i thought and okay. um and it, you know it was it had many funny moments i was really disappointed i knew it would get canceled but um <laughs> I, I made two seasons so anyway jamie gertz you know she's just amazing i love her so much so to see her in this is us yeah. that was really cool and i hope she's in some more and um it was a nice surprise that's for sure and uh, it, it she played was, a, yeah. she played a funny character and uh, she had a daughter and uh, Kate had a a moment with the daughter a, a nice moment with the daughter yeah that was that was done well and then Randall had the thing where he he went to career day at his kid's school oh, and yeah. tried to sing a song <laughs> I forgot that, about that that was kind of that was yes. kind of f- funny Funny yeah. fun gave you a little, you know, it was nice to to see the Randall story have a little bit of humor in it. Mm-hmm. Since right. it's a fairly serious storyline that's going on on that one a little bit too. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to say was after, you know, after the as the episode was wrapping up, you know, we always talk about how great this show is and how much we love it and how it's a, about little things and little moments in life. Uh, and then I was like, you know what this movie really or this TV show really is about? It's about three kids who lost their dad and how that has totally affected their lives as yeah. adults. Yeah. And I think that's the real underlying thing, you know, thing about the this show is that. It's about what happens when you know you're a, when when you lose a parent, mm-hmm. and then how that can affect you for the rest of your life. Right. Um, well, and I, I think um, and, I think some of the siblings are are maybe more affected than others, but uh, that remains to be seen, I guess. Well, you know, well, yeah, because, but it's interesting because definitely with Kate, the whole thing with her and the football and the boyfriend and all that, that certainly has to do with her dad. That's true. And then Randall finding his biological father, certainly that has something to do with losing your, although it's something he's wanted to do since he was a kid, it's still, it's replacing a dad in a way. Well, the interesting thing about Randall is that he's actually lost both his fathers at one point in time. And then regained one of them, yeah, later on. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, obviously, for an amount of time that yeah. seems like it won't be long. And then, of course, Kevin, The whole th- right. we're finding out the whole thing with the play and and mm-hmm. him uh, trying to access his feelings. It's all tied is to directly the... linked mm-hmm. to his to the dad, yeah. Yeah, that's so, a very astute observation on your part, yeah. Okay. I, I think it. I think that's the. I think you know. As we keep going, we're going to see that that's 
that will continue to be a theme of the show that yeah. you know this as we find out more about what happened when the dad died how he died yeah. when the mom remarried the friend mm-hmm. um all those things get explored uh, we'll see the hope i mean that sh- the show seems like it will be about them overcoming this after all this time has gone on yeah and how the, it affects them and how they how they maybe learn to live with it and overcome it right so still a few mysteries uh for at least us the audience to uh to have solved for us or to be revealed right, yeah mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah and then the, you know the characters are so good and as we've said you just care about them and what happens to them you know uh I, I, you want to know what happens to the kevin with his play and with randall and his mm-hmm. biological father uh, and with Kate and her uh, new boyfriend, you want to, you, right. uh, you know, I can't wait to see. And of course, it's a Tuesday night show, so it's not going to show during the election tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. Hmm. We, uh, okay. So it may be, I think it's another week before we'll see an yeah. episode of that. So, right. There's, yeah, there's like, anyway. a, there, are, there are a couple of uh, deep mysteries in the show, but there's also a lot of, you know, just uh, daily life questions. That are going, you know, on in these characters' lives. That uh, we want to see what happens, and it uh, right. It makes you want to come back and watch it again because they absolutely they, they discuss a lot of topics in ways that a lot of shows never come close to uh, portraying them, if ever, because the writing right, is so right. good uh, with this show. And I think even mm-hmm. even though there's some mysteries we don't know the answers to, uh, especially involving their bio- the biological white father and the adoptive white father of Randall, yeah. um, Jack, I guess is his name. Even yeah. though there are some some mysteries about Jack's death that we don't know, mm-hmm. that isn't the only thing that's propelling the show. You no, know, it's not, not like it's not like it's not like twin. Right, I don't Twin need Peaks where we're trying to figure out who killed <laughs> Laura Palmer or anything. Right. And it's not like I need I, I have some deep need that for them to answer all these questions because I'm enjoying the show progress as right. it wants to progress, and that's I'm fine with. Right, that. absolutely. That's what. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is you know they could they could explain all of that in the next episode, and I would still keep watching and watching. It's not a mystery that propels right. that show in any way. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I shouldn't say it, it does propel it in some ways, but it's not the only thing that propels it, and no. not the only thing that that we're interested in. So right, because you're yeah, gen- yeah you're gen- you're genuinely interested in in just finding out what what's coming up new for these characters and and, right. and stuff the 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 the, yeah. new, the new stories that they introduce like with the new characters like the Jamie Gertz character etc you know it just right right yeah going to going to continue to add things and i'm sure you know uh, lots of things can happen with Kevin and and uh, the play and right. they, there's just a lot of places they can go for sure so yeah. i'm excited to see what what happens next so me too. Uh, well, all, all right, right, man. I think we've had a crazy episode, and and um, we have with technical issues, <laughs> dropouts, technical and issues. networks uh, quitting on us and shit. Holy crap! Uh, all right, shall we? And do- uh, not recording on our normal day and all kinds of stuff. So. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> well, shall we do an oblique strategy and see if uh, it has an answer for us about our our, our technical issues? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's see if we can give us any insight to uh, what to do. Wouldn't that be cool? All right. Well, let's pull a card mm-hmm. and see how it doesn't Does it uh, t- talk anything about our problem. Does it? 
No, does let's... it say get Google Fiber? Get Google Fiber. If it says get Google Fiber, uh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yes, maybe that's what... no. Okay, Here... all right. Here's our oblique strategy of the week: make what's perfect more human. Wow. Hmm. Huh. Make what's perfect more human. Well, we didn't have anything perfect about this. We didn't have. Yet. I'm trying to think of something perfect that's going on anywhere in the world. Uh, I can't think of a thing. Mm. Can't think of a thing. But all right, I know what they're saying. If okay. something seems something seems too perfect, just add the human element. That will solve it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think anyway. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, uh, one final shout out, okay. um, and then you can you can tell us to slide on into another episode of Slippery Slope next week or something. I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> you've got a great outro. I I haven't memorized it yet. But uh, uh, one other shout out to the Chicago Cubs, man. Oh yeah, the World Series after 108 years. That's that amazing. Is amazing stuff. Crazy, yes. crazy, amazing stuff. Right. So, so all you Cubs you know, fans out there, congratulations. Absolutely. Was, I think it was exciting for everyone. Uh, in this country, I certainly, you know? yeah. That night they became America's team. Absolutely, I got into the World Series, and uh, in, again, in a way I haven't been into it for uh, numerous years. Uh, and I watched a majority of the games, and and was oh. rooting for the Cubs the whole way. Awesome. And um, yeah, it was it was really cool to to have a team to care about and and to see them succeed like that, especially when they were down three games to one. You didn't think it was going to happen, but Right. Uh, super awesome. Super awesome. Yep. All right, man. Well, good episode. It was a long episode. We had uh, some technical issues, but uh, we worked through them. And, uh, you know, once it's all edited, it'll be fine. No problems. Yeah. Well, you can fix it in editing, man. Sure. Because you're a genius. You're a genius <laughs> at editing. Okay. I admire I admire your editing skills. So what, sh- what should we do, Mark Browner? Hmm. What, what should we do? What should we do? Should we should we, we come to a full stop? Should we skid our knees along I, the way? No, I think what, what we should do is to tell everyone to slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. <laughs> Lodger out and proud and dropping out. This call's <laughs> dropping right now. Oh, this no. show has more dropouts than uh, my high school class. More dropouts than <laughs> welcome back, Cot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mr. Cotter. <laughs> Up ooh, your nose ooh, ooh. with the rubber hose. <laughs> 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 Oh. <laughs> Signed Epstein's mother. Um, three qu- three quarters of our audience could go is going what? <laughs> what are they talking about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>